financial anxiety is certainly something that's motivated me to get down this pathway. It just kind of comes down to that ease of feeling joyful and present in the daily existence. But do I need to be financially independent to have that? I don't think that the answer is yes, but it's a component of it. Hey, everyone, I'm Annie Dickerson. And on behalf of the entire Good Egg Investments team, I wanted to welcome you to this episode of the Life and Money Show, the show where we talk about everything from investing to financial freedom, to parenting, traveling, creating a life by design and everything in between. And of course, I'm here with my incredible co host, Susan Elliott. Susan, why don't you start by sharing with everyone a little bit about what we're going to be talking about today? Yeah, today we are going to look at the financial independence retire early topic, but specifically the why behind your FI or financial independence. We're going to look a little bit, touch upon some other points with FIRE, but really we're going to dive deep into how to develop your why, why you even need a why and the power of this in that journey. So I'm excited to dive in today. And to the listener, you're definitely going to want to stay tuned because later in the show, I'm going to get the chance to put Susan on the spot with one of the most powerful exercises that we've come across around discovering your why and really getting to the core of it. So yeah, stick live, around for that. That's coming up. <laughs> live on the show. I have not done yeah. any prep work, even though I know what <laughs> exercise it is, but you really have to do it Did to see deep. what's going to happen. Yeah, that's Woo. right. Well, as of recording on a Tuesday, I just came back uh, a couple of days ago from a weekend women's yoga retreat. And although it was called a yoga retreat, we actually didn't do that much yoga. I love um, that you pointed did, that out. I know. Yeah, it's very we typical. Some ecstatic <laughs> dance. We did some drumming circles and a lot of deep sharing. And I find that's the case because I've been on a number of retreats now and it always fascinates me how a group of women especially can come together. And I didn't know pretty much anybody that was there. There were maybe like 20 women there. I maybe knew one or two people just a little bit. But by the end of the weekend, because we had cut through the noise of everyday life and it wasn't the small talk, it was these big, deep conversations around emotion. The topic of this one was reclaiming joy, which is very Mm. relevant for our conversation about fire today. But we really dug deep into what is joy? How do you find joy? The layers of joy in your life. And by the end of the weekend, we were like, when are we going to meet up next? We got to do this again. I love it. It's like all these deep relationships are formed. Yeah. Oh, I love that you make space for doing so many of those types of activities. I feel the need to have someone facilitate that for me. I want to get together my girlfriends. We actually just got together a lot of the girlfriends that I had during grad school. And we went to a hot springs retreat here in Oregon or just down in Oregon and very like old school Oregonian lodge and really artistically designed pools. And of course, bathing suit optional, which means (laughs) almost no bathing suits on the whole property (laughs) at the hot springs. But it was so quick and there wasn't any other facilitation, but it does remind me of your like, there wasn't much yoga at the yoga retreat. Yeah. There wasn't much hot springs <laughs> because you just can't sit in a hot spring for 24 hours, right? right? Like right. <laughs> you have to take breaks. So you found we did a yoga class and there was some reading, a lot of like just restful contemplation, yeah. but to do them where there is kind of a facilitation of the group is such a joy, like, and yeah. to have the topic be joy. Wow. If I can share, there were two takeaways that I had that were, you know, 
deep and I think life-changing and very meaningful. One is that you can't experience joy without experiencing all the other emotions. <laughs> all my mm-hmm. life, you know, even as a little kid, I have memories of blowing out the candles on my birthday cake and just wishing to be happy. Like even as a little kid, that was my dream. And I think for a long time, I was happy on a surface level. And I was like, yeah, I'm joyful. I'm grateful. I'm appreciative of my life. This is, I have all these opportunities and this privilege. I'm climbing the ladder, all these things. And I think during that process, I really stuffed down a lot of the other emotions, mm-hmm, the guilt, mm-hmm. the shame, the rage. I'm like, I don't we all have emotions. Done. Yeah. I yeah. don't have those. I don't have those yeah, negative Nobody ones. wants that. I just uh-uh. ones. But I've realized that to access the level of joy and embody that level of joy that I really want, I can't stuff down the other things. I have to mm-hmm. face those other emotions too and move through those in order to get to a more full-bodied expression of joy. So that's the first one. And I'm sure we'll dive in as we talk Absolutely. about fire because that's a big part of fire as well. The other thing, this was a huge aha moment for me. And this wasn't explicitly taught. It was just one of those things where somebody says something and makes you think of something. I've been meditating for a long time. And every time I meditate, I think about when my mind brings up these thoughts, I'm like, ah, there goes my mind again, bringing up another thought. Gosh, would you just calm down? I don't need that thought right now. I'm trying to meditate. Can you just go away? I didn't even realize it's been this very like conflicted relationship with my mind when I meditate, when I'm like annoyed, I'm irritated. And I heard something during the retreat where it made me think, well, maybe my mind's not trying to go against me. Maybe it's not trying to manipulate me in these moments. Maybe it's trying to give me an opportunity to see something from a different perspective. Maybe it's bringing Mm -hmm. up something from my past or something I'm worried about so that I can bring new perspective, new awareness to it so that I can clear whatever that distortion is or that pattern that I'm running Mm -hmm. and I can get to a new level of consciousness, new level of awareness. And Mm -hmm. that small tweak in my mindset now in the last couple of days when I've meditated and things come up, I'm like, oh, that's curious. I wonder what that's about rather than go away. I don't want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. And, or even like welcoming it. Oh, thank you for, yeah. for giving me the opportunity to come back to the yes. present moment. Oh, yes, exactly. And I think it's <laughs> that's that cool. awareness is so key, whether we're talking about meditation or joy or fire, it's about yeah. waking up and just looking around and making sure that what you're doing and the path that you're on is really the one that you want to be on. And if not, finding ways like fire and some Mm. of the strategies we're going to talk about here today to help you shift your path and find Mm -hmm. some new options. This is why this is um, not the money and life show, but this is the life and money show because money is such a great facilitator to leading the life Mm -hmm. that you want by design, but really like life comes first a little bit and with intention around money, you can make life somewhat easier too, if you do it in the right way. That's cool. Well, speaking of which, before we dive in to all that we're going to talk about around fire and the why of FI, before we dive into all of that, just a quick note for all of you who are listening. If you are interested in investing alongside us, we have a number of opportunities available to you. And You may have seen if you're on our email list that we're starting to see some real good forward momentum toward closing on some of these deals. So the time is limited for you to get in with us, 
But the good news is we do still have room in these investments as of this recording. So the best place to go to learn about all those opportunities is goodegginvestments.com slash deals. And on there, you'll see, you'll be able to sort whether you're an accredited investor or not. You'll see opportunities, whether you want to invest 10K or 50K or 500K. There's different opportunities for you to come in at different levels, whether you have experience or not, and to diversify your portfolio across different asset types and different markets, all of which are key to your path to fire. So with that being said, Susan, for anybody who has maybe not heard of fire before, is completely new to the fire movement, give us a quick high level intro to what is fire. Great place to start. So FIRE stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. I like the alternate definition, too, of financial independence, recreational employment. I almost forgot that there. But I like that. I'll add one. Financial independence through real estate, the best way to get there. (laughs) RE. You can't leave an RE on the table and not have someone in this company go, real estate, real estate, it's real estate. Because we love it so much. But it's true because if you use the traditional FIRE you actually are assuming a why. And so that's why this show is called The Why of Fi and not The Why of Fire because financial independence retire early is assuming that we're like, well, I'm doing this to retire early. That's actually not many people's reason for pursuing financial independence. So that is something that we're gonna kind of remove out of the equation today in talking about Fi. So basically there's a lot of different ways to define financial independence or financial freedom. I heard it kind of defined in many different ways, but this is, setting yourself up so that you no longer have to require an income, an active income in order to pay for the life that you have or the life that you want, your dream life. But basically, your passive income is covering your monthly expenses at the core. This is what financial independence is. There's different degrees of it. So there's different types of fire. And we actually dove into describing a lot of these in a recent episode, episode 191, Um, These are things like lean fire or fat fire or barista or slow fi. There's different ways that you can look at fi. And those are all just touching upon sort of, again, the varying degrees of financial independence. For instance, lean fire is like, I'm going to amass a certain amount of net worth or passive income that it's going to cover my super bare minimum expenses so that I can live, I can basically have the freedom to say, yes or no to a job, or I have the freedom to take on a side hustle project, or I have the freedom to just like be with my kids for a little while before maybe going back to work. So maybe it's not like living your ultimate dream lifestyle, but you have this independence, this freedom financially to be able to make some more decisions about your time and what you want to do. So the different types of fire also are helpful in defining what fire means to you or what financial independence means to you. Let me just back up here because for somebody who's completely new to fire, they're going to be like, wait wait a second. Are you saying that I can actually, I don't have to work for my money for the rest of my life. There's actually a way that I can generate money and have money continue to come in without having to work. That sounds crazy. It doesn't. Absolutely absurd. You know, I was reflecting on like, why do we have that reaction to this? Why is this such an uh, insane thing to talk about? I speak to my professional friends or my previous like adventure lifestyle friends, not previous friends, but previous life, I should say, (laughs) the seasonal employees who are ski guides and 
traveling all over the world, they're sort of like, ah, I'm never going to be able to do that. I'm just going to work forever. And you're just like surrendering to not even trying. And I think that this comes from maybe our parents, my parents' generation certainly had what's called a pension. <laughs> and mm, the pension, yes. and they're, they're like, the way that they worked, they went to one job and they worked there for maybe their whole lives, one or two jobs. But it was built into the system that you would have a retirement. You did not have to actively select to save your money for your said retirement. That was part of your job built in. Well, that's gone, right? And it kind of silently slipped away, I think, for many of us. So now we're all potentially, many of us are in these jobs, right? And the 401k has surpassed that. And maybe you have a company match. So there is a little bit of automation into your retirement account, but it's up to you now to determine how much you actually need to retire. What are your expenses potentially in retirement? When do you want to retire? All of these big questions that a lot of people don't want to think about, or it's hard to think about. And it is hard to save now for something that's happening so far down the road. It's really hard to embody the future self. And that's one big practice and like really grounding in your why for Phi we'll talk about today is like, who is your future self? What do you want to do for that person? So I think that's where this came from, you know, and so I love the fire movement for getting the control back in our hands and getting the fun and the empowerment back in it. Like, no, no, wait, this is actually very possible. And it could be even earlier than your parents did. Oh, wait, your parents worked until they're 70. Guess what? You can take some action, intentional action earlier on and have that flexibility and freedom way sooner if you just understand some basic principles. Yeah. What I love about I'm going to pull out something you said, which is it's hard to say for retirement. It's hard to think about future you 30, 40, 50 years down the road. And they've done lots of studies about this and how even with 401ks and matching and all these options, most people reach retirement and they have just a fraction of what they were making before or what they need to be able to live out the rest of their lives comfortably. And it's a huge mm -hmm. fear for people mm -hmm. to run out, to out live their money. That's a huge fear for people. And mm -hmm. what I love about the FIRE movement that you mentioned is rather than this being many decades out, which seems like, ah, oh, I don't need to worry about that. It's so far down mm -hmm. the road. I'll figure it out at some point. Rather than it being like this, almost like a figment of a possibility down the road, it's something tangible that you can grasp within the next few years, five to 10 years, which is much more relatable than 40 years down the road. But you said, and I totally agree, that even so, even if you decide to go on this path and you realize you can get there, it's not like it's going to be easy. And there's going to be hurdles along the way. We've all experienced them. Even you may discover a passive income path and you're like, yeah, I figured it out. But then maybe something happens. Maybe the market shifts or maybe that opportunity dries up. And so you're going to have to continue to monitor and shift and up-level your strategies so that you can get to that financial independence. I mean, I think that's why we're talking about the why, because once mm -hmm. you have the why in place, that's 80% of the work that you need to get there because the rest is the how. And the how is actually much easier as compared to the why. Exactly. Your why has to be stronger and last longer than your how. Yes. You'll kind of evaluate your how as you go. You'll modify your strategy and you'll even modify your why. We're going to talk about that specifically with you because you've actually been on this journey a little bit longer than I have. Um, I think in 2019 was when the, the light bulb went off for me of like, oh, I need to take this into my own hands. And 
Mm-hmm. Oh, look at the potential of what I can do if I do that now. It was paired. It wasn't the like just overwhelm of like, no, I have to do this all on my own. Oh no, what do I do? But it was also like, ooh, and look at how cool it could be if I do this and how much sooner it can be. So we'll get into that. So what we're not going to talk about today is the how to pursue financial independence. We're going to dive into that really deep in the future. We've actually talked a lot about it in past episodes. Things like determining your phi number is a big component of this. There's lots of calculators out there that can help you do that. There's different paths to investing, right? I mean, attaining financial independence is all about developing passive income streams. And the most passive you can get often is investing. Passive income from real estate. You hear us talking about that every episode because it's given us such um, big paths to freedom. So you know that, I mean, that this is why Good Egg was built, right? To provide people the how to get to FI. So there's so much education on the Good Egg Investments website. There's now offerings that we have, the growth funds that allow people to start this process even sooner so that you can quickly or more quickly reach FI. And the last resource I want to really talk about that we'll provide in the show notes is a recent Good Egg Live that I did with Jason. And we actually look at how it looks to invest 10K per year which is what you can do in our new growth funds to be able to invest passively in real estate and the impact that can have. And for me, I mean, this isn't inspiring for many people. This helps me with my why, right? But the numbers and the graphs, that's not inspiring for everybody. But if you do need to see like an end number to be like, oh yeah, I'd like 2.1 million in 30 years by only investing $10,000 a year, that's really powerful motivation for a lot of us. So take a look at that webinar that we did together. Yeah, for sure. And that's so powerful to actually see the real numbers. And even if you're listening to this and you're not in a place to invest 10K a year, you know, 10K is a round number. You can go up to 100K, you can go down to 1,000, just move the decimal point. And mm-hmm. so you can even start with as little as 1,000, $100, as long as you're doing something actively with it soon enough, you'll be able to get to that 10,000 mark and then you'll be able to get beyond that So that 10,000 could really just be an average. It doesn't have to be every year, but it's incredibly powerful through this Good Egg Live Masterclass that Susan did that you can see that real tangible growth and it's available to anybody. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And that's why we're so passionate about talking about this stuff because once you know about it, then anybody can do it. But in order to have the determination, the long-term motivation to continue on this path towards financial independence, we need to have a really strong why behind this. So today we want to talk about the why of your fire. And so I think that the biggest reason for that I think of in really honing in on your why and really developing it and maintaining it is because to have a long-term goal like financial independence, you need long-term motivation. And it needs to be a deeper motivation than just like your first response. So why do you want to pursue financial independence? Oh, my first why, and we'll go into this soon here, is of course, I want freedom of my time. I want control of my time. So great, that could be your why, but really the goal of developing your why is to dig in even deeper so that you have some really emotionally charged motivation to keep on going. One way you can do this is to actually look at other areas of your life where you have shown long-term discipline. So Perhaps in a field of health and wellness, you've been a gym rat your whole life. You love it. You are consistent about it. You're a runner. You do something that's lasted, you know, a year, maybe two years or even longer. 
Um, maybe you show up volunteering for a certain organization year after year. Why do you do that? Look at that why, because that's something that you already have a proven track record of success and long-term motivation for keeping coming back to it. It might even be helpful to look at like, where did that get hard and why did it get hard and how did I come back to it after that? So this is all going to be like learning about what makes you more of a disciplined person, where you find discipline in your life, and maybe how you can apply that to your financial independence why. I love that you said that. I never really thought about it that way. Finding what's already working in another area of your life as far as discipline goes. I'm definitely going to write that down. That's such a great lens through which to look at it because I think a lot of people struggle and they think, I don't know what my why is. I don't know if that's really my why, but you're right. If you look at another area of your life where you're just intuitively, like you already know your why and you're seeing the behaviors that you want to see and trace that back to the why. That's brilliant. Mm -hmm. I love that. Oh my goodness. Uh, So good. I'll give you the example. I've been on a board of directors for a national sort of river stewardship nonprofit for, this is my 12th and final year, 12 years. This is longer than my daughter's been alive, faded in and out of several parts of my life. And I got into that because I wanted to volunteer my time and my sort of expertise in a way that could best serve that organization. But over time, I was able to like find different skills and take on different projects. And it was kind of motivating. But then there was times when like, I kind of had to put it on the back burner because I was having a kid or it came in and out. And then it was a resurgence of activity that I was able to kind of bring something new to the table. And it's been incredibly fulfilling for me to look back on that. At any point, I could have said, hey, my life is too hectic. I need to step down. And they would have been like, great, no problem. This is volunteer. But I didn't. I kind of kept with it. And I knew that I mean, even here towards the end, I'm like, do you really need me for the last year? Maybe you should get someone who's more energized and young or something, even though I'm probably one of the younger board members. But no, I think that there's something I can offer in the final year. And I'm really kind of like enjoying having served in different capacities throughout those 12 years. So that's just an example of like where you can say, oh, it's okay to like go in and out of energy in this thing. Mm -hmm. But I stay committed. I kind of reassessed and I reevaluated what can I be doing now towards this vision. And it was something that carried me through. I want to spend time protecting the natural resources that I depend upon for my play and my enjoyment, my peace, all of these things. Yeah. Okay. Well, that being said, shall we dive into this exercise that we've been teasing? I'm so excited on the spot and see what comes out for the listener, (laughs) because you get to be on my side as we put Susan into the spotlight here. So this exercise is a really powerful one for digging into your true why. Because as Susan said, most people, when you ask them, what's your big why? They'll say family or time or freedom or whatever it is. But what this exercise does is it really digs in deeper because sometimes it's, you know, that might be a surface level thing, but it really goes deeper into things related to your upbringing or things related to your lineage or patterns that you're running, things like that. And so this really gets to the heart of the matter. We'll see. We may not go through the whole thing. We'll see how far we get, but this is called the seven whys exercise. Y-W-H-Y, not W-I-S-E. Although it does make you wiser in doing it, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. it's a very simple thing. And it's ideal if you can do this with a partner, like we're doing it here on this show, However, if you don't have somebody you can do this with, you can always do it on paper, but it's important to reframe the question each time. So you'll hear me asking, 
I'm going to ask Susan, you know, why is fire important to you and give her response. And then I'm going to take whatever that response is and reframe it and say, well, why is that thing important to you? And then she'll give me that why. It's very simple. We're just going to go seven layers deep. And that seventh why, we're going to get to something that cuts through all the noise. It's going to be at the heart of why she's really pursuing fire. All right. Oof. So Susan, you ready? I'm a little nervous when you describe yeah. the whole thing. And also like, I could have just done this on my own and cheated before this and come up with really poignant examples and answers. Why didn't I do that? But because I think this is going to be a more authentic way. I'm actually more looking forward to doing this than sitting and journaling yes. about it because it is pretty on the spot. If you do get stuck, that's okay. Because when I did this, I did it on paper the first time I did it. And I got stuck for a really long time around stage like number five, six, seven. I just couldn't think of any more whys. And I got Mm -hmm. really stuck until I just, I kept thinking about it, kept reflecting on it. And I had a breakthrough moment and Mm. I started sobbing because it really like, oh no, oh, it got (laughs) to the core. Uh, yeah. We'll see. What did we'll I set myself up for? Okay. With this, but it was a really, really powerful moment. So, cool. all right, here we cool. go. You ready? All right. I okay. guess I am. I did this all to right, myself. So go ahead. Susan, let's start with why is fire or the pursuit of fire important to you? To have complete control over my time. I mentioned that earlier. That's the only why I've ever thought of. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to be able, yeah, to be able to have control over my time. Okay. And why is it important to you? to have control over your time, complete control over your mm. time? Um, because it allows me to kind of pursue my deeper passions for how I want to serve this world and show up for my family, for my community, sort of. I want to be able to do whatever I want to do and not feel like, okay, this is getting a lot more deep, but maybe you can pull out what the, I know. the main this point fun, here. Right. We're only two <laughs> levels in and it's already <laughs> challenging. It's um, harder than it looks. Okay. So I think I pull, I've got a couple okay. of points from there. So why is it important for you to be able to do what you want and to explore those passions that relate to the impact that you want to have and the time you want with your family? So why is it important for you to be able to do what you want to do? It's important to me because I believe that if I have the need, I always have the need to make money, I'm going to have to say no to doing other projects in my life that don't make money. And these are where it seems like I can offer a lot to the world or grow my own interests and skills and capabilities. But there's this component of like, if I need to make income, I can't fully show up. Okay. See, now we're getting somewhere. So that was the third layer. So we're going to go a little deeper now. Okay. So why is it important for you to be able to pursue things, pursue interests or passions, even if they don't make you any money? Okay. I think that we're all meant to be on this planet to make the world a better place for everyone around us, not just ourselves. And that when we don't have this like core anxiety and stress and financial insecurity, that we're actually unencumbered to serve our full potential 
to make the world that better place. Did I just circle mm-hmm. around the mm-hmm. same answer there? No, I'm not you're sure. Good. So uh, now I'm going to go even deeper. Why, Susan, is it important <laughs> to you to make the world a better place? why not just make my own world a better place? It's more than like being selfless. I think a big component of my life is honestly quite to make sure I'm being selfish enough to take care of myself. But there is this like, we're all better off if we're doing good in the world. I'm not just making the world a better place, but I'm making my world a better place. When I can like see that I'm helping other people or bringing more joy to other people, it brings me more fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And it like spreads that. It's like a disease. You just want to give it to everybody. And I think that's how we're going to survive on this planet together. Okay. I think we're down to the last one. I mean, you mentioned fulfillment. You mentioned impact. I mean, there's a lot of directions we could go with this, but I'll ask you as the final one, why is fulfillment, self-fulfillment through having this impact, why is fulfillment important to you? It makes me think about like, what is not fulfillment? Is that sort of just going about the status quo or not thinking deeply about the meaning of your intention? Like, why would you want to live this sort of intentionally fulfilling life path? I think it really just comes down to joy for me, like being present with the people around me in my environment. I have a lot of like stress in my life. I can be a very stressful person. I'm much more on like the anxiety side of whatever spectrum you're looking at there. And financial anxiety is certainly something that's motivated me to get down this pathway. I think it just kind of comes down to that ease of feeling joyful and present in the daily existence. But, you know, now you have me thinking like, well, do I need to be financially independent to have that? I don't think that the answer is yes, but I think that it's a component of it. Yeah. Maybe that's my answer. It's interesting, right? Like, isn't it fascinating? Wow, it's kind of like come in circle. you why seven times. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's mm-hmm. a very simple exercise, but look at all the things that we got to. And if I could kind of tease out some of the main themes of what you said, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, ultimately it's this joy, this fulfillment, this feeling of like, Essentially, like as a human, I came here and I'm able to do what I came here to do at Mm, the end of the mm -hmm. day, which to you means to serve people, to make the world a better place, to spend time with your family, to have that impact, pay it forward. And that ultimately gives you fulfillment, allows you to live the most authentic, most embodied version of your life. And that's really your why. Actually, I got to tell you, this is way deeper and way more powerful than I got on my first try (laughs) at this exercise. I didn't even touch most of these things. So this is like, bravo, like for all the listeners, give some love to Susan. That was, yeah, some snaps. That is a brave thing to do that live on the air. That's Well, it's it's brought up so many more questions too, especially around phi. So like now that I have some deep whys, like what is my phi and what is my phi or goal? And I mean, right there in that last one, I was like, wait a minute, do I have to be fully financially free to be able to experience and do that? And I think that what my reflection is that like my phi or goal is to continually develop more space, more time freedom through passive income streams so that I can progressively feel sort of more flexible to be able to do what I want with my time. And I do think that it's going to be helpful to have a little bit of an end goal on that just so that I know what's enough, 
to be able to say, I'm doing it. I've made it even along the way. Look at me. I have $500 of passive income. I have X amount of 2000, 3000, 4000 monthly income coming in. And so what does that translate for me to be able to create my goals around fire? Anyways, those are just musings that I had as we were doing that too. Yeah. And I love that your mind is starting to go in that direction because you're right. What we got to was kind of an amorphous thing and joy and fulfillment are not going to in and of themselves be enough to carry you through. When I first did this, my seventh level was actually, believe it or not, freedom, which you had at your first level. (laughs) My big question actually to myself at that time was not about fire. Actually, it was about quitting my job. Why is it important to me to quit my job? And I went through these layers and the breakthrough moment that I had was that it was about freedom because I had watched my parents, my mom in particular, live this life where she didn't have a lot of choice. There were immigrants from China. They came here. She had to work double shifts and she didn't have a lot of choice with her English language proficiency. She couldn't be a nurse like she was in China. So she became a nursing assistant and then a dental assistant and then a teacher's aide. You know, she did all these side jobs and she didn't have the freedom of choice to say, I'm not going to work for a while or I want to go back to school for this period of time, get this degree and do this other thing. And she didn't have that freedom. So that was very meaningful to me when I got to, and it took me a long time, believe it or not. Now I'm like, freedom this, freedom that. But at the time, (laughs) it was like a major breakthrough for me to Mm -hmm. get to that because I just got stuck at that sixth why and I couldn't get to that seventh why. Mm -hmm. And once I realized it was that freedom because I didn't want to live the life that my mom has led, Mm -hmm. wanted more freedom than that to be able to pursue my passions, all the things that you've talked about here, it was a game changer for me. But then my mind did do what yours is doing now is starting to put some more rails around that. Well, what does freedom mean or what does joy mean? And what does that look like on a day-to-day basis? And I think that's Mm -hmm. naturally what your brain is going to do because it's trying to figure out the parameters of how do I know when I've achieved this thing. Right. And so is that, you kind of alluded to earlier how your why has evolved over time. So when you first got into real estate investing, when you were buying up all those sweet duplexes that had flooding (laughs) issues eventually, um, to where you are now, what was your idea of your why then? And is it now that it's that like just different kinds of freedoms, you put more boundaries, you've put more definition around what that freedom is and what it means? Discuss that evolution. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. I'm not sure that I've thought all the way through. I know we talked about this evolution and I'm like, yeah, it's evolved over time, but now to actually put it into words, let me see if I can codify this. So I'll put you on the spot of, now. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> know the tables have turned. So at the beginning, it really was just to, it was the fire for the RE part, the retire early. I just wanted to quit my job. I had been working, you know, in the 10 years after college, I had nine different jobs. I've talked about this a lot and how I just couldn't find my right fit. And I didn't have that lasting fulfillment from my work. And my job was such an important thing to me in my life still is the what day to day of what I do and how I contribute is huge for me. So at that point to not have found something lasting for me was a huge disappointment. And so my first why was just to be able to say, you know what, I'm kind of burnt out from all of this working. I've been in school for a long time and then I worked all these jobs. I just want a break to lift my head out of the sand and just be like, okay, 
are there other options? And really that mm. was it. I was just like, if I can just replace my income for now, I just want to break just a little mm -hmm. bit of a sabbatical mm -hmm. to reflect. That was my big why, to have this small period of time to be able to sync up and figure out what was next. And then I got to that point. And then I said, okay, well, I've gotten here. Now what? And that was when I started down this path of personal development, spiritual development, because once I got to a point where as a kid, I always thought, oh, one day, maybe I'll have enough money where I can walk into a store and buy something without looking at the price tag. Like yeah. that was like a yeah. big goal of mine. Well, and maybe that's like your initial why too. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. It's that's an, yeah. that's just a fine why. I love, I just listened to a Money with Katie show where she was like, maybe your goal is just to say, be able to afford whatever you want to afford or afford whatever you want to afford at the grocery store or yes. at that yes. favorite store that you walked into when you were a kid, Annie. And mm -hmm. that is enough of a why to develop some sort of discipline around yeah. finances to be able to have passive income to support just that why, you know, just your that one store. I'm going to walk for me. It would be like walking into the Patagonia store. I'm just going to buy a new wardrobe every yeah. time I walk in there. If I could just do that, I'd be so happy. So what is that costing me per year? Maybe that's my first financial independence goal. It's Patagonia financial independence. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us more. So that was your, when you were a little kid, you were like, I want to be able to afford anything I yeah. want. Yeah. And then I was able to do that. And it felt great. Sometimes it bites you in the butt, though, because I've gotten to the checkout where they ring something up. I'm like, what is? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I picked it, you know. Yeah. So I was able to do that. And that felt amazing. I was so grateful that I had gotten to that point in my life. So I was like, well, what's next? And so my why has kind of evolved first through very um, tangible things like that, being able to walk into a store and buy something without looking at the price tag. Then it was also other physical things. It was the house that we're currently living in with this magical view, the sweeping views of the bay mm -hmm. and where mm -hmm. we can see on a clear day four bridges in the Bay Area, which is nuts. So this house, and then it was luxury vacation and traveling. I wanted to feel what that felt like. And then through that, it was this realization that it's not about the stuff. And mm -hmm. it was about this journey that you talking about your why is this journey of personal and spiritual growth and development so that I can get to this point where I can authentically express who I am and be comfortable and be enough. That's yeah. really wow. now where I'm, that's my big why now is like, the money is very important. I wouldn't be here without having gone through that is the mm -hmm. key is I had to go through that because I had the house and buying the stuff and the luxury travel on my list. I wouldn't have been able to go beyond that had I not first had the money, the financial independence to reach those things. Now I can go beyond that. It's like it created space for you to get deeper just yes. by having some degrees of financial independence. So as we bring this episode to a close, I want to remind everybody that the work of finding your why is just as important as the work of finding your how, how to do the investments. And it's ongoing, just like how is ongoing as well. You're evaluating different market conditions, different you know, diversification, different stages of building your wealth. You might want to do different things with your net worth. You also might want to dive deeper into your why. But 
start with a why that's motivating enough to develop some forms of passive income. And if that means like we mentioned here that you want to just be able to afford anything as you walk into your favorite store, then give yourself a budget for that for annual, you know, $1,000. I'm not going to care. I'm going to buy whatever I want. And what is your monthly passive income that you need to be able to do that? And that is your first degree of financial independence. And I think that what we're kind of all circling around here is that you find the motivation too as you go. So don't expect to have this like big, deep why to get started with, but you have to have some sort of why to move down that path. And you're going to realize that it's kind of easier and snowballs quicker than you think. What would you add to a tip on how and to find your why, Annie? I mean, I think just giving yourself the space and maybe right now, just after you finish listening to this episode, even if Mm -hmm. you don't go through all seven whys, maybe just go through the first three levels and see where that takes you and Mm -hmm. having the space to just reflect and think about why you're going down this path is a huge, huge step. It'll put you ahead of most of the other people who go down this path. Mm hmm. And the final thing I want to say is that if you have a why, if you've done some of this, you've reflected on it, record a voicemail and send it to me in your email. I'm at Susan at GoodEggInvestments.com. I would love to hear from our listeners about what they've mused about, what their seventh why might be, what got them started along this journey, what was their why then and what's it evolved to, anything along those lines. We'd love to be able to share that on future podcasts to help uplift all of us and show that we all have stories behind our pursuit of financial independence. You know, we can bring each other along the journey as we go. Yes. And speaking of which, if you have definitely reach out and share your whys with us, because, you know, we definitely want to hear more. If you have general thoughts about the podcast, we'd love to hear more so that we can continue to bring you conversations that bring you value. So for a quick listener survey, go to goodegginvestments.com slash survey. We would love to hear your thoughts and feedback. And finally, speaking of which, we talked on this episode a lot about the why of FI. And we said, we're not going to cover the how. That's because, ding, 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 next episode, we're going to dive into the hows of FI. How, now that you have this why in place, How do you actually go about building that passive income and achieving your FI number? And we'll get into all of that on the next episode of the Life and Money Show. Now, that's our show for today. Thank you for listening. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening to the Life and Money Show, the show all about helping you to create a meaningful and intentional life by design. For show notes or to listen to previous episodes, go to lifeandmoneyshow.com. For more information on how to invest with us and create passive income to build wealth for your family, go to goodegginvestments.com. And lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you would subscribe, share this podcast with a friend, and leave us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you incredible new conversations all about life and money. Till next time, remember that your financial journey is a lifelong adventure and we're here with you every step of the way. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.